0: Hello everybody, it's David Warrench. welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast, and thanks for joining me. Today I am joined by Dr. Jeffrey Kranzler. Dr. Kranzler wrote a book for particularly middle schoolers, and the book explores self-confidence and social anxiety and bullying and social activism, and uh, we're going to put all that in the show notes, of course. I hope you check it out. It was really awesome conversation, especially if you have children. I mean, a lot of us really deal with these issues, how to deal with bullies, how to cultivate self-confidence, social anxiety, particularly during the pandemic, and I personally got a whole lot out of it. It was really good advice. So I hope you stick with it. Authentic Dad Podcast is here for fathers and non-fathers, but we're really trying to inspire, particularly dads, to live life on their own terms and flourish in their relationships and have this beautiful relationship even with themselves. If you want that, email me at further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. There's a thing on my website. Sign up for a free 30-minute discovery call. Check me out on Instagram, further underscore coaching, TikTok, further coaching. Um, I'd love to hear for your feedback too. If you know anyone that wants to be a guest, I'd love your five-star reviews. I'd love your subscribes. If you're enjoying this, please tell other people. And I hope wherever you are, you're safe, well, and healthy. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the other side. So I'm here with Dr. Jeffrey Kranzler, PhD, and LCSW. He's a proud husband, son, brother, and father of three. He's a therapist. He practices in Bethesda, specializes in providing social skills, mood regulation, and anxiety management skills for individuals on the autism spectrum across the lifespan. He consults for the Maryland chapter of the National Mentoring Research Center and helps schools and community organizations create mentoring programs for immigrant youth, excuse me. And very exciting, he has recently published The Crimson Protector. It's a book, a superhero adventure novel, and it teaches middle schoolers how to build confidence, overcome social anxiety, and handle bullying. It's available on amazon we'll put all that in the show notes dr kranzler how's it going
1: it's going great thanks so much for having me
0: thank you very much for being here um i always like to start we'll talk about the book of course like getting your story how you landed in what you're doing because i think it's really important so where did where did that happen how did that happen
1: absolutely so uh I, um, I've i been a social worker now for uh, 14 years. I was probably born a social worker. Um, and uh, one of the things that I love doing is teaching uh, kids skills. It's not just about kind of listening, um, it's also about empowering kids. So whenever I work with kids, I wanna empower them to handle anxiety, to handle bullying, uh, to handle and build their own confidence. And, and as I teach skills, I was hoping to find another way to communicate those skills. In session, um, it's really, really great, but kids know that they're building skills. When you put skills into a book, and the reason why I put this book out is because I've always been a big fan of fiction. Um, and one of the things that's amazing about fiction is its ability to communicate ideas in a much more powerful and subtle way. And so when I, could, I had the uh, thought that, can I, please, can I possibly teach these skills in a way that is organic, in a way that is powerful, in a way that kids aren't thinking, oh, I'm learning how to handle social anxiety. Oh, I'm learning how to build confidence. Oh, I'm learning how to handle bullying. You know, if you hand a kid a workbook with that, they're going to say no. Um, and this is a superhero adventure where there's no workbook. There's no, hey, kids, stop here and remember these skills. This is a story in which kids live those skills. They live failures uh, to implement skills and they live implementing the skills and su- the successes that come along with it just by identifying and reading the story uh, of the character and following along in, in that capacity. So it was just a real big uh, thrill also because I'm a huge comic book fan to be able to take that love and put it together with, um, with the skills work that I do to be able to translate and and communicate these uh, really important ideas uh, in a way that's fun. And kids don't really even realize that they're learning when in fact that they are.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I love what you're saying. And it really resonates with me. It brings to mind, my daughter was reading um, like a babysitter's club book. And one of the characters had type 1 diabetes. It turns out, so does my wife. And I think something happened when she read that in a book that really clicked of what it was. It helped her understand it. It helped her understand sort of the struggles that my wife went through. So I really love this idea of it makes it tangible and really kind of, instead of like an adult or a therapist teaching them skills, there's something about a book that you read that I think really has an impact. So Bravo, for doing that. Could you tell us a little bit more about the plot?
1: Sure. So uh, it starts out with this uh, main character uh, who is lacking confidence in order to uh, approach uh, and to approach people. And especially the, the catalyst uh, of the action is that he is, uh, he is uh, uh, nervous about approaching his crush. And this is a middle school book. And of course, all yeah. middle school is about crushes. And so this character decides to reach out for help to help build his confidence, to help him overcome that. And one of the underlying messages of the book, again, not something you say out loud, but something the characters live, is that for middle schoolers, for tweens, pre-middle school, post-middle school, all the people who are reading this, don't wait for other people to reach out. Don't wait for other people to notice what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you have something, you reach out for help. So this character reaches out for help and gets a mentor. Uh, finds out about a mentoring program, reaches out for a mentor. And in the interactions wow. with the mentor, the mentor helps him build confidence, having him talking things out, uh, having him do certain things. And the the the, the mentor says, okay, so the, fine, the biggest way you build confidence, the best way to overcome these pieces is to use the things you're good at mm-hmm. to do, to co- contribute to this world, to make this world a better place. And this character misinterprets that and decides that with all of, its, uh, all of his um, strengths, um, that he is going to be a superhero. And the way that he is going to contribute to this world and he, you know, one of the other pieces that comes up often in this book is he's witnessing a lot of bullying going on. He says, I'm gonna use, I've been working out, I'm good at gymnastics, I can sew my own costume, I, you know, I am going to beat the stuffing out of bullies because that's how I'm gonna make the world a better place. I'm gonna stop bullying that way. And the character learns that that is not in actually not only not right, but also not effective. And after learning that, goes ahead and actually connecting to the uh, civil rights movement history of his town, realizes that standing up for what's right, not getting involved in violence, uh, but rather bravely standing up for what's right, um, especially in terms of kids who are being bullied, uh, standing up and doing the hard things even though there is a lot of pressure against you, is the way that you help people uh, help people uh, not be bullied. It's how you overcome social anxiety. It's how you build confidence that the character then really becomes a hero because he learns that violence isn't the way to do it, but being brave is. And so that's kind of like the general no. overview uh, of the book as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, there's a lot of richness there. We have civil rights movement, confidence, social anxiety, bullying. Give us a little more, like, let's say context from some of the work you do. If a child, how do you, like, what are the signs, signs of a child let's say, who lacks confidence? What do we look for um, in, if you're a parent? It seems like an obvious question, but, but I'm not sure.
1: It's not always obvious. I mean, sometimes uh, sometimes it can be projected pretty well, but I think any time that a, a kid is hesitant and is not engaging, whether it's with uh, friends or is not engaging with schoolwork, uh, there's a lot of different things that can be involved there. There's always learning disabilities and social skills difficulties um, and Uh, A lack of confidence is uh, something that can really, really be present when your kid is really wants to do something and isn't. Um, And I think that's the biggest, Uh, the the, the biggest sign for me, or, you know, it's not even that they'll say, I want to do this, but I'm not, but they'll say, I don't want to do something, which you do you as a parent? know they really do.
0: Right. Yeah. So in some ways it's almost like impairing their functioning because, you know, yeah. Your child, for example, loves art, but she doesn't want to go to the art class. And it's like, hmm, that's interesting. What's exactly. that about?
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: so, um, so the book sounds like an awesome resource, and and one that children hopefully will will read after this. And what, let's say, someone's in your office besides um, the book. What what kind of things? Like a child, I'm thinking, you know, like a middle schooler what do you what do you do like how do you help them let's say it's it's not anything else but a learned lack of confidence and social anxiety as well the, we all uh, bullying separately
1: right the 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 first thing you always want to be able to do is to make sure that there isn't a clinical piece too and that's a mm-hmm. very important rule out that as a parent you want to do if this is something that you as a parent can do yourself it's it's possible uh, and there are sometimes that there are more deeper elements going on, like a mm-hmm. real underlying anxiety disorder, a right. social anxiety disorder um, that, you know, that, that you want to make sure isn't going on. And If, if it is going really intensely, you want to speak to a professional. And as a parent, there are things you can do yourself. A couple of those things are giving your kid real world opportunities to succeed, not overly challenging pieces, but providing opportunities, maybe in smaller contexts, if your child, like you, knew, you brought up a, a great example, your child loves art and is really uh, not confident about going to an art class. What you want to do is not to sit there and compliment their art on, you know, uh, ceaselessly because you're their parent. And as a parent, our kids don't take our opinions very seriously, especially if it is complimentary to them. They think, well, you are my parent. You have yeah. to do
0: that. I'm so totally guilty them, of that. Yeah, we,
1: just, we all are. We yeah. all are. Yeah, um, and and giving them, let's say, a smaller opportunity, perhaps a chance to work one-on-one with a college kid who's Mm in an art school or or a high school kid who's doing that. And to be able to learn, gain some skills, gain some feedback from a non-parental adult figure that can build that up to the point yeah. where then you can transition to a a higher one but it's always about laddering about taking smaller steps and getting real world experience that is mm-hmm. reinforced by non-parental adults
0: right it's like spiraling upward yes yeah uh, you know yeah i love what you're saying you're saying empower um, two themes here pow- empowerment and and you, as you said in the book mentorship you know, and sometimes that mentorship can come from an older kid, a babysitter, and hopefully in something tangible outside of the parent complimenting, oh, you're great. You know, kids are smart. Like, yeah, you're my dad. Of course you think it's great. But when somebody else (laughs) like a mentor or a peer or someone outside, it sounds like that makes a huge impact. So that's really helpful. Thank you. What would you say to parents, let's say a more severe case where where it is a anxiety disorder um, what how do you how do you treat that? I assume there's some medication and some therapy potentially
1: well, you can still do you know what we talked about before, mm-hmm. and it needs to be complemented by uh, professionals. so what you want to be able to do is to reach out and get a good recommendation. There's a lot of therapists out there who are not the best in the world. And and mm-hmm. what you wanna do is get the right clinical help. Um, when it comes to anxiety, the gold standard of care is cognitive behavioral therapy. So anytime yep. you're reaching out, you wanna to go to somebody Uh, who has a specialty or training in that, you want somebody who specifically works with kids and those are hard to find out there, but if you do find them, that can connect you. Either it's just straight up therapy, sometimes there needs to be a consultation with a psychiatrist, but either way it's finding the right help and allowing yourself to not pressure yourself to have all the answers, uh, when you don't really need to, you need to, but for you also to be able to rely on, on the professionals to support you as a parent.
0: Here's a question, maybe this is an obvious one too, like why do, we, why do you think confidence is even important? Like what is so important about making sure our children are confident?
1: I think confidence is, is the underlying, uh, fundamental, uh, of a fundamental of, foundation of mental health. That if you are have a have a deep belief in yourself, in your capacity, not not just your capacity to do it by yourself, but your ability to reach out for help and then to utilize that help, there is very little then that is cut off from you. There are very little opportunities that you will turn down. There is very little a uh, very little um, chances or risks that are, are good risks that you will not take. Um, that underlying belief in your capacity to manage, handle and attain necessary resources is, is the most key factor in succeeding in this world.
0: And, and in a way that you do it, not, not, not mom or dad is doing that for you. No, I love that you're, because I think a lot of people think of confidence as sort of like, you know, walking into the room and you know, being able to speak in public and not worrying what people think, but you're, you're saying something a little different. Confidence is almost like being resourceful, knowing when you need help and getting out of your comfort zone or, or asking for it when you need it and sort of managing, um, it's almost like an executive functioning as well. It seems like rather than, um, uh, you know, let's say kids on Zoom having trouble with the math test instead of uh, putting their head in the sand, they might chat with the teacher and say, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me? Can we spend some time? And, and that for you is what you're saying is, is a form of confidence.
1: Absolutely. Um, the, the key thing here is the ability for us to, to go away from extremes where we say either you're totally dependent on somebody, or you can totally do it by yourself. Confidence is that ability to say that, hey, I'm going to give it my best shot. And I am frankly confident enough in myself. I feel comfortable reaching out for help. It is not a knock against me to reach out for help. I am not too nervous to reach out for help. I'm not too thinking too poorly of myself to reach out for help. I believe in myself that I can take that help and use it to overcome.
0: Have you seen it the other way where a kid comes in it's like, man, you're, you're sort of a little bit blinded by your, um, I don't know if you have, I don't know if those type of, of people are coming into your office. Can, can a child be overconfident?
1: I wish the problem was overconfidence. It is mm-hmm. so much, I think it's so much easier to um, to tap, help kids take a step back from overconfidence yeah. than it is to build up. A lack of confidence, and uh, I just I don't see it. I don't see it as much. I think when you have too much confidence, the only right. problem is that you don't actually seek out a contradictory opinions, actual yeah. help. Um, uh, but the the, the I, I wish that was more of the issue than the uh, Yeah. Than
0: the no, I, I know a couple kids like that. I won't I won't I won't, uh, I won't out yeah. anybody. But <laughs> um, all right, that's really helpful. Let's talk let's sort of transition to social anxiety okay. uh, related to confidence I'm, I'm assuming? Yes yes for sure. but, but are they different?
1: They're absolutely different. Uh, you know you can feel confident and confident will confidence will help with social anxiety, but a social anxiety um, if we're talking about this more, if, if it's just a general social anxiety, it's not something uh, clinical. it's not something medical it's a social anxiety disorder. But a social anxiety is something, um, in both cases, though, it is a fear of what will occur if you were to approach somebody. It can be either fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, a fear of not knowing what to say, but Mm -hmm. it's a fear of something that is very unpleasant occurring, making you feel really bad, and therefore you avoid uh, that interaction. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to social anxiety, there are real disorders, and those are pieces that need help from um, therapists, um, but there is, to some degree, a, a healthy amount of social anxiety in everybody. I, right. you know, there are very few people who are just born able to snap their fingers and walk into a room and be the social butterfly. Uh, that's, uh, the, the, the If it is a non-clinical form of it, then developing your confidence, your confidence not only in what you Uh, what you can say, what you can do, but also how you are confident that you can handle it if you get rejected, that Mm -hmm. can make the biggest difference um, in, in terms of social anxiety.
0: Yeah, no, I'm imagining like a kid can be confident. Let's say they know the answer to a particular question. They know they're right, but they don't want to raise their hand because they're embarrassed or afraid what their peers just may think of them. Maybe they don't like their voice or maybe they don't like the shirt they're wearing and they don't want to kind of be um, in the spotlight. Right. Sound, sounds like that could totally happen where you have the confidence, but, but the social, um, but you, but you're afraid of, of being seen, I guess, in a way.
1: There's, there's lots of uh, very, very scary outcomes uh, about being seen. Uh, kids are merciless. I mean, adults aren't much mm-hmm. better, but kids can make fun of the littlest thing. And humiliation is is one of the most difficult emotions to feel. Uh, feeling of incompetence is one of the most difficult emotions to feel. And if you put yourself on the line, if you have experienced that as a kid, and had such an awful experience with it, you never want to experience it again. Then it makes sense. It's logical to avoid it, even though it is highly destructive uh, to your own to your own well
0: being. And what do we know about the age old question? Is this wiring? is this how the child is raised both is is are we finding that one is more impactful than the other how does this form
1: this is a classic nature versus nurture debate that you're speaking about and yeah. i think what what most modern research is really showing is that they both play a part and um, there's a lot more to genetics than um, in the previous decades we've, we've been thinking about. Um, th- it's always possible for somebody to be in a situation that causes them to be socially anxious, 100%. Uh, but real clinical pieces, uh, those uh, really are usually pre-written in mm-hmm. the genetic code and get triggered to come out. But we rarely in in a session will see a, 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 you know, an individual who is suffering from a very specific um, clinical uh, piece that isn't somewhere in a family history.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I means the the Lady Gaga song. I, you know, I'm I was born this way. I totally. <laughs> as I get older, and as I have my own children, and I'm observing. Um, and you can learn the nice thing is about it you can learn these skills to be more confident and so on and so forth. but there does seem to be some wiring. And I'm talking about myself that I've always been fighting against. I've always had have had anxiety and as I've gotten older and, and grown and had cognitive behavioral therapy and all kinds of things, it, it does make an impact, but I, I definitely was born that way. So
1: and it's important for people to kind of not beat themselves up it's important yeah. to know that 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 it's not so, you know the, the kids you know it's not their fault this is this is right. not something they brought on themselves this is not they broke a rule and this is a punishment this is something they were born with and at the same time is it giving yourself um, a freedom from guilt or shame about it it's also yes. is important to keep in mind you know like you were saying it's not predestination you can be born with it and if you get those skills it, you know it may never be completely like you know, you might never walk into a room like James Dean and using skills that you get and, and confidence, you can actually overcome a lot of the roadblocks that those things put in place.
0: Yeah, I think we, we also live in a world where personality is really rewarded. I'm just thinking about like introverts and maybe people who are a little quieter and shyer. Unfortunately, sometimes it's harder because we so reward you know the funny guy or the charismatic person. So I, yeah I, don't, I want I don't want this conversation to come off as like a judgment like you have to be more confident but maybe just some awareness of what you can do to kind of grow in in that area because I, I do think there can be a little bit of a shaming for people who aren't as aren't as outspoken, confident. Not as natural at making friends, and maybe on top of having those feelings, there's other feeling like I'm not good enough. You know, why can't I be like this other kid?
1: You're really hitting, I think, on something super important in our in our in our common day. That you know w- what researchers have been showing is that we just are not um, valuing introverts and yeah. everything is pushed just because you know when when we talk about having confidence and having be able to overcome social anxiety we don't mean that you need to constantly enjoy interaction you constantly must have it you must be the most charismatic person in the world all you need in life is a is a deep uh, a, a deep partnership romantic connection with one person mm-hmm. and some solid friendships and if you have that you know that's enough Um, We don't give enough credit to introverts, and the only key piece to remember is to let introverts be and to not conflate that with wanting to interact and not being able to. So being able to teach introverts how to do it, extroverts who are anxious how to do it, but also giving people the room as parents to do that.
0: Look, you're not running for mayor. Uh, most people. I mean, if if you are, and um, it doesn't help to have a uh, a phone with all these social media things where we're sort of how many likes, how many friends, da, 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 da. and I love exactly what you said. The key distinction is you want to, you want to, but 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 you can't. Like there's a dysfunction, which is different than a kid is like yeah I don't want to, but what you're you're saying is like no this child tween wants to do it but can't do it. So we're gonna to try to give them the tools, the skills to do something he or she or they want to do, which I think is a, a key distinction. Rather than you should be a certain way, it's more you're struggling to do something you wanna do and you can
1: Yes, I think, and then there's a lot of pressure on parents to, to freak out if their kids aren't super social now. Yes. I think it's never been that way before. Uh, but I think parents, if their kids have a few good friends or they're not the top of the class popular, constantly getting calls all over time, they're kind of hanging out maybe with the same two people but enjoying reading books, like that, that's not a disorder. If, every, if, right. if somebody is happy and has, you know, some social contact that gives them a sense of satisfaction, that's all that's needed. And it's sometimes very hard in today's world to to figure out whether that's the case or whether somebody is dying inside because they yeah. really want more social, in- social interaction.
0: And and how many actual really deep, profound connections can, can one even have? Can't. You know, most of the Can't. so-called friends air quote, not your friends as we know, but it really feels good to have a whole lot of quote friends and likes. And yeah, I mean, it gets worse. My son is getting to the tween and, um just just that that dopamine you know on that on that phone he just got a phone about they really engineered that and it's it's really addictive and so we're we're fighting against it it's not easy it, it's another, another part yeah let's um you want to let's talk about bullying and and tell me you could you could talk about it in the context of the book or or what, or what you see, this seems to be in, thankfully, I haven't had to deal with it much with my children, but I know it's uh, really, thankfully, uh, there's a lot of awareness these days about it. Because when I was a kid, not so much. It was just, you know, walk it off. Yeah. Punch yeah. him in the face or ignore him or... You know, there wasn't a lot of that, at least I don't, I don't remember growing up, people talking about bullying, which is super harmful, you know, 30 years down the road. I'm sure some people are still kind of traumatized by what happened on their bus in fourth grade or something.
1: The effects of bullying stand and they, they stand the test of time, unfortunately. It's really prevalent. It's really relevant uh, because a lot of kids are, are being hurt. Um, you know, when it comes to the piece of bullying, there's kind of, there, there are multiple pieces to, to talk about, to think about. Um, and the first uh, most important is to talk about the people who are not being bullied and the reason, and neither the bully nor the bully, bullied person is because those people have the greatest power to impact, uh, bullies generally bully in front of other people right. because it raises their, um, esteem in their own eyes and uh, often power and control are uh, uh, seen as a high esteem uh, by others. And when others react in a certain way, when others uh, walk away, others report, others vocally, the biggest piece is to vocally stay, state that they do not find this impressive, mm-hmm. that has a really major impact on it. When bullies see that the uh, that the outcome of their action and the point of all bullying, whatever yeah. anybody says, The point of it is to gain uh, power and standing in the eyes of others. Mm -hmm. It is a power play and, frankly, a very effective power play. Because either the person uh, who sees it is too scared then to go against this person themselves, which gives this person power, or they don't want to be hurt, so they join in, or uh, they enjoy watching it. You know, because uh, they're kids and they, you know, and, and, and it seems funny. They don't realize the extent of the harm. So the people who are around being able, and that's the two parts that this book does is it trains the people who are standing around what they can do effectively, neither to ignore, nor to be engaged in violence. Both of those are not effective, but what to say and what to do that's effective. And it also trains kids who are being bullied what to say in response there too you don't get engaged in violence and you don't ignore because if you ignore it it just keeps going on but there's a very specific way to uh to respond and the research is shown to respond and in this book i have the character uh one of the characters responding in a couple of different very effective ways so again the kids are not like being told this is a workbook when you get bullied do this they're seeing a character respond in a certain way that's really effective
0: so what is the research and, and give us a couple tidbits from the book? What, what's the appropriate way to respond or so, the effective way?
1: So the most effective way for, um, for anybody to respond to bullying is to put on a mask of indifference. The more anger and hurt you show, the more they win. Now, bullies mm-hmm. want to uh, create a negative outcome from you. That's how they get bullying. But when you show boredom, that's so you don't walk away you're there and you show boredom with a statement both it, we practice with kids having a body and facial um a language that shows boredom even if there's anger inside mm-hmm. um and words that show boredom and irrelevance and um and to realize so okay so one of the so one of the ways in the book so a character is describing you know how he was approached by bully bully came over and said you know you are um, you, you, wow, you really smell bad. Um, and they said, whatever. It's like, what do you mean? Whatever you really smell bad. I was like, and your point is, my point is that you smell bad. And this last line that somebody says is one of the most effective things. They say, mm-hmm. the bully comes back and, and you say back to the bully, wow, you, you really think about me a lot. And that puts something yeah. on, on edge, right? No, no, I don't. Well, you keep talking about me. So you must like me. or You, mm-hmm. might, you must really be thinking about me. And it, that sets on edge, put a smile on, Count to two, walk away. You know, and then the well, it's a very different walking away than just walking away before show. In this way, you not only don't insult back, don't engage back, you show it doesn't affect you, you put in a little bit of yourself, you put in a little bit of a jab back that is not insulting, but simply a, a pretty strong statement. And you walk away. Another one of the things that the book teaches is kids how to joke, it, join in the joke themselves. Somebody makes fun of them. You smell bad. Uh, okay. Uh, oh yeah. I totally smell bad. You know, I, I just, uh, when I wake up in the morning, I hang out with right. skunks. Me and my skunks are my best friends. Yeah. Well, I, I like that. Yeah. I know. I just said, I smell bad. Like, I, I don't know. You seem to repeat yourself. Right. So What that, are they
0: going to do with that? Right. You're, you're, whether you smell bad or don't, you're fully owning yourself. It's confident. And you're just collapsing of this image of just like putting a balloon, just popping because he's got, the bully has nothing.
1: And it won't end right away. It's going to continue on. The whole point is how do you do it? And it's a very specific formula. It's a very specific, Mm -hmm. here's how you do it. Here's how you look. This is how you, this is when you walk away. And it's really, really important for it to be mastered because um, you know, being able to report to administrators is good. And sometimes administrators at schools don't handle it the right way. Or even if they mm-hmm. do handle it the right way, there are things that occur that aren't in their purview, the things that they don't right. have a, have a insight into. And so your ability to feel confident and reacting to it, as well as knowing that you have backup and that you know there are people who have your back, um, that, that's a, you know, for all of these reasons why i'm so excited about this book because i feel you know yeah. all the things we're talking about it it. builds that confidence it over- overcomes social right. anxiety teaches them how to handle that bullying you know it's not the be all and end all but boys it' a really great start for
0: kids it's all connected yeah no the advice i was given as a kid by my grandfather not as artful as what you're saying is basically kick him in the nuts <laughs> bring them down to your size and I, I think this is probably more well I don't want to say it's more effective but it's but it's less violent and yeah I mean and then I like the whole thing about the smell because you're kind of owning yeah maybe I do smell bad maybe yeah I love it man I just I, I, I try to smell horrible yeah why are you spending so much time thinking about me? you must love me what's going like, on that, that I, huge that's it's really good and I'm Like to what extent should like for example kid comes home or comes off the Zoom screen or whatever's happening, and they they share that this this child was bullying them. I imagine I I, you know I'm just putting myself in that position. Can ask like how did you handle that and how did that you know make you feel and what to when when should a parent like intervene.
1: The most um, it, key thing – first of all, you, if you're a parent and you're being told this, it mm-hmm. is not oh, – don't take that for granted.
0: Yeah, that's huge, right?
1: It's not – they're not going to answer each other, parents, and if you react in a certain way, they're going to stop telling you. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do as a parent when you're told this is to simply validate. Don't jump in to try and solve the problem even though we are dying inside as a parent. Yeah. We want to go and punch the kid in the face, right?
0: Um, that is an understatement. I, I. It really hits a nerve in me. Um, yeah, I want to punch. Yeah. I want to punch the kid.
1: Yeah. 100%. Me, too. me too. Uh, you know, um, for the first time, my sister came home on a bus when she was seven and told me that like this kid, you know, I was, uh, I was 17 and told me this other seven-year-old was messing mm-hmm. with her. I was like, I knew where that seven-year-old lived. Oh I yeah. yeah. March over there, mock on the door and punch him in the face.
0: I got a like little that- sister. Yep. Yeah. I totally get it. And now,
1: you know. So I think the most important thing is for you to keep your emotions in check as a parent, mm-hmm. and just validating. That, that means this. that sounds like that was awful? That must have been so hard. You must be so furious. You must be so upset. And just let the kid get it out. Very rarely does the kid come to you and say, "I want you to fix this." Right. They, they want you to hear them, and if you do only thing, validate. That is amazing. And after that, the way you can handle it is that you don't say, I'm going to call the teacher, or I'm going to do this, or you've got to do this. Mm-hmm. What you transition into is you, you validate, you validate. So, so what are your thoughts? What do you think you're going to do about this? And they say, I don't know. Uh, what have you thought of so far? And if they absolutely say, and then you want to ask, do you want my help in this? Or is it, do you want me to just listen? Because it's really important. Sometimes kids don't want your help, and then you could have the most brilliant response. If you force your answer onto them, they will never share it with you again. Your job is to be the person who hears it, validates it, and offers, would you like my help or not, or should I just listen? Because data points, you gathering data points makes you the most effective that you can be as you're gonna deal with this
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's empowerment. And and I know what happens in me, I get so angry then it becomes about me and my yeah. anger and not what not what the child is, is, is saying. I have a tendency to be like, what's his number? <laughs> what's his address? Or her. Whatever. Yeah. Um that's well, really we helpful.
1: Model, we model for our kids. If we can maintain our own intense emotions in response mm-hmm. to it, we model for our kids that it's okay if we freak out. The message we're giving to our kids is, this is not okay. If it happens Mm -hmm. again, it's really, really bad, and it's affecting me too. So you keeping that in check is one of the most important things in all of this, asking whether they want some advice. And if they want advice, not to say, do this, do this, but instead to phrase it in this exact way, to say, what do you think about Mm -hmm. this? What do you think? And that way, you empower. Like you said the word before, no, empower. empower. You empower the kid if they want it; they've the, they're the ones who took it. And if not, they didn't. But you're not imposing your own will upon them.
0: No, you're sending. And you're also sending a message. I would think that you have the resources inside of you yes. to come up with your own solutions or your own ideas, which is beautiful because um, I think we have a tendency as parents to want to protect. To want to fight the battles to want to fix and that is not a bad instinct but it's not really teaching them to have their own resources right so what uh anything else important that and this is a great great con- I'm really learning a lot and we could probably have again several podcasts on each of these topics what uh, anything else important that you think we should you should add that we missed um, so anyone I want you to be able to tell i don't want to miss anything it's good good stuff
1: uh, No, i think we really covered it i mean this book is uh, you know what I, I really really believe in it i worked on it so hard i've brought yeah how long did it my, take you 12 years oh my gosh years. yeah i i started and it was not in a good place i started this and it was very workbooky and mm. very uninteresting mm. and the the Turning this into a learning of the skills without mm-hmm. you realizing you're learning the skills because it's in the course of an adventure
0: right. and the
1: course of a fun time, that was the toughest thing. And this is what I'm hoping to do is to not only to get into the hands of parents to give to their kids. And by the mm-hmm. way, parents, if you give it to your kids, don't say, this is a book that will teach you how to handle bullying and social anxiety. Okay, that will blow it up. They're not going to want to do it. This Got is it. a really fun superhero book that has five-star rating on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 uh, from kids your age who are reading it, that that's how you present it. But I'm really hoping to get this into the hands of parents and schools. Mm-hmm. This is such a great way. This is a fun way, but a great way for schools to help kids learn these things. And there is an added bonus. There is a hidden work of literature
0: really? with
1: references peppered in that people will not get unless they know to look for it. But if you, as a teacher, are mm-hmm. looking to, te- talking to teach The Great Gatsby, this mm-hmm. would be a really cool thing to, te- to do alongside of it because if you've never read it, you won't catch anything, and you don't okay. need to have read it to cut anything. And if you do
0: – You just gave it away, but that's cool.
1: I gave it away. But if you do, man, there are some really, really cool Easter eggs hidden throughout this book. Uh, so just, you know, to get it to counselors, teachers, the parents, if you are, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to do that, to hand it over to people mm-hmm. and pass it on to people who can help spread it around. I mean, this, this could really make a huge difference. Well, a lot of kids, which like- um,
0: formats is, is it available? Is it um, paper, Kindle, Audible or, or just paper? What it's, do you-
1: uh, it's ebook and print book. So both mm-hmm. it's available in, uh, in both. Uh, if you have Kindle unlimited, it's mm-hmm. free. It's, okay. uh, it's an ebook, uh, which you can purchase on Amazon as well as a print book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still prefer the print.
1: Me too. personally.
0: I, I like that that's beautiful. So Amazon and what, where do people find you and can they get it on your website as well?
1: Absolutely. www.thecrimsonprotector.com. And that's the mm-hmm. Uh, title of the book. So just the title www.thecrimsonprotector.com and on it, there is links to a whole bunch of things, um, including a reading guide. If you are a teacher or a parent and you want to kind of see resource and kind of back up and ask questions, uh, to, to help reinforce the learning. There is a written by a teacher, a, a, a teacher who's also a doctor who has put that together. Um, and, um, Uh, There are just a lot of cool things. uh, Yeah, good.
0: So, I mean, there's resources for parents, for teachers to help the kid understand, but the kid isn't going to be sitting there doing, as you said, a workbook. I imagine a lot of these are workbooks. And yeah, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think they want to do workbooks. They want to read a book. They
1: will not be knowing that they're learning and they will be learning. And that, I think, was what makes, for me, this book really special.
0: Twelve years. That's why it's it And it just so came long. out. It just came out, right?
1: Just came out August 30th.
0: Well, congratulations.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. This really, really was helpful and powerful because a lot of this stuff I'm dealing with as a father right now. I have a nine-year-old. I have an 11-year-old who is definitely a tween. And this stuff is alive and well for so many people, so very, very helpful. We'll put all of the information about the book in the show notes. I'm absolutely getting it. I hope everybody does. And thank you for writing it, and thank you for the work you do. I can see that you're extremely passionate, and it's very, very important what you're doing.
1: Thank you, Doctor
0: so Doctor Jeffrey Kranzler. <laughs> you're the man. Thank you. All right, have a great day. You too, and thank hey, you man. for
1: having me on the podcast.
0: Hey man, my pleasure. This is awesome. See you later. See you later. Yeah. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Dr. Jeffrey Kranzler. Dr. Kranzler, thank you very much again. Check out the book. I hope you buy it, enjoy it, hope your kids read it. I think this could be very, very helpful in a fiction format if you or your children are dealing with some of these issues. Once again, please consider five-star review, subscribe, and whatnot. I really appreciate everybody's support. And uh, yeah, hit me up if you have any feedback, if you, again, know of anyone who could be a great guest on the Authentic Dad podcast. I hope everyone is safe and well and healthy and hope to see you next time.